0: I'm Michael Levitson, and this is episode 18 of The Tell. So if your life has been anything like mine, you have been forced to learn to deal with rejection. I think being rejected a lot is good for you. <laughs> um, I, I think actually, if you haven't been rejected much, I think you're in a very precarious emotional position. Like, you won't be prepared for it when it happens. And it is inevitable. You will be rejected. So if you haven't been rejected a lot, I would suggest as soon as you can, just going out And practicing like seek out rejection (laughs) Um, you know aim really high so high that you'll definitely get rejected sometimes and like see how it feels learn how to deal with it I think that'll be good for you Um, when I was trying to learn how to date in like 2010 uh, I asked people a lot about rejection how you're supposed to reject someone or dump somebody um, and I really couldn't get an answer everyone seemed very angry about every possible type of rejection they'd say you know he did it over text you know, he ghosted me. He did it to my face. You know, he gave me all these reasons why. He refused to give me a reason. He did it in his apartment. He did, you know, made me take the subway back crying. He did it in my apartment, and I had to just wait for him to leave. Everyone had a complaint. He lied to me. He just told me he wasn't ready to date, and of course he he was just lying. Or he just told me the truth because he said he was trying to help me get better, and that was even worse because I don't want his opinions about how to get... Anyway, everyone was very angry. I think people just don't like being rejected. that is my conclusion Um, it's a free for all reject people however you need to and try to take rejection the best you can but I don't think people are taking it very well in general so don't feel bad if you freak out Uh, we've got a couple stories today about rejection from Josh Johnson and Molly Margaret Johnson Um, and you're going to see how some people dealt with dumping other people and how they felt about getting dumped this is the tell episode 18
1: I'm a, I'm an awkward person. I, I so, when I was in college, I I had a kind of girlfriend, which was big for me. Uh, she was, you know, almost my girlfriend. I just I was not very popular, and uh, I was pretty weird. Uh, I didn't know that if I was weird or if everyone else was, we- but I was sure that I had spent so much time alone that I was like, I'll take the L. I'm weird. <laughs> And and so I, I spent a lot of time alone in my room or reading, you know, encyclopedias, which is not a kid you want to talk to anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not a fun guy. But after uh, my first semester of college, I met Tiffany, and Tiffany was the coolest. Uh, she always smelled like cherry blossom from her shampoo. Uh, it was very potent. I wasn't just sniffing her. Like, it was... It, it was like, like, she would walk in a room, we'd all be like, that is strong. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, I was just like, oh, like I, I knew boundaries. I wasn't like that weird. I wasn't like a creep or anything. I was just like, oh, cherry blossom. I happen to like it. You smell like it. I like being around you, you know? <laughs> I also had a, a very hard time looking people in the eye. Uh, it, you know, I, I was very socially like, awkward and, and standoffish and stuff. And I remember that, that Tiffany was one of the first people who met my gaze. Like she literally walked up to talk to me. I was still staring at the ground and she like almost scooped me up with her eyes. She was like, hey, uh, and, I, and I was like, hey, and it made me lift my head, which I did not know I wasn't doing for the first 20 years of my life. <laughs> And so then we, we started hanging out and it was really cool. It was, it was the best, you know? Because we would meet up after classes or we would like study together. It would mostly be her helping me. Uh, we did not have the same classes. Like, I just didn't understand what was going on in my classes and she would be like, oh, that's science. <laughs> like, ah, oh, dope, thank you so much. <laughs> And then we, you know, hooked up a few times, which was also amazing, because I don't know if you can tell yet, but I was not <laughs> hooking up with people, I mean. I was I was pretty much by myself, reading encyclopedias, just hanging out. And so it was, it was to the point where I was like, wow, this is like almost my girlfriend. Like, we haven't said a thing, but this is like, I don't know, my friends that are dating do the stuff we're doing, and they're dating, so like... I think we're kind of dating. This is crazy. And one day I get a text message uh, and, it, and it says, uh, Can you come to the sub? Student union building. <laughs> and I was like, sure. I text back sure. I walk over to the sub, I walk, you know, around it, and Tiffany is sitting there on a bench by herself, you know. And she's wearing a blue dress, and she's smelling like cherry blossom. And she's got her legs crossed, and she's twiddling her thumbs and everything. And uh, I'm like, hey. And she's like, hey. And I sit down next to her, and I'm like, what's up? And she's like, I... We can't... Like, I still want to be friends and stuff, but we can't be, like, together. Like, I feel like you might be getting the impression that we're, like, together together and we're not, and I don't really want to be. And it's not like you, it's not It's not that you did anything or anything, like you're a really nice guy and stuff. And then she did this thing that I thought was really cool. She took back nice, right? So she was like, you're like a nice, wait, no. You're better than nice. You're not just a nice guy. You're like a really kind person and I really enjoy your company. And that meant a lot to me because like, n- nice is like, Telling someone that they're nice is like telling them they have a face. You're supposed to be nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you knew a person for months and the most you could say about them is he has a face, then he probably didn't make a deep impression on you. You know what I mean? So it meant a lot to me that she took back nice, but she was laying it out. She was like, "Look, I you know, I'm 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 like really focused on on school and stuff and I feel like some of the time we spent together has been great, and some of it's been a distraction from things that I want to do, so I just want you to know, and I still like you, and I hope you like me, and yeah, that's all I had to say. And I kind of just sat there. Uh, I I didn't know what to do, because like, this is my first almost breakup, you know what I mean? Like, because it was very nice of her to like lay it all out and keep it, you know like all on the level cuz we hadn't done enough to justify calling it a relationship or anything so the fact that she was that upfront with me meant she was a really genuine person and it, and it and as hurt as I was it meant a lot to me and so you know i i i just left it was, it was a tuesday and i went to class and then and then i uh, i was like you know what i am going to do i'm going to uh, do what my friends do when they break up i'm just going to start working out and so i started I, I started working out and I, don't, I didn't know what I was doing. Cause you, t- you can't just start, w- like you could just start working out, but apparently you can't. Because I went there and like our school had a facility and so the, they just let you in cause you go there, but no one was teaching me anything. Like no one was helping me. I didn't, know, I didn't even know that when you rack things, they had to be the same amount of weight on each side. Like I, I didn't know what to do with weights or myself. I would actually get on the bar and just hang. (laughs) Like they say visualization is important, right? So then I would just, if I tried to do a pull up and I couldn't do a pull up, I would just grab the bar and close my eyes and be like, I did it. (laughs) You know, so I started, I started working out and I, I started uh, running because I heard that running like releases endorphins, which you need very badly when you've almost been broken up with. And, and it releases a lot of stress and stuff. And so I started running and I immediately stopped running. I am not a runner and I found this out. Tiffany helped teach me that I am not a runner and nor will I ever be because I haven't run since then and I've been way sadder than that since that happened. I don't even run for emergencies, you know? Like, if I'm in a building and there's a fire, it will have to wait, you know? But I, I, I did, I, I went back to reading encyclopedias and, and doing all the things I did when I was alone, but not feeling so alone now, because in my head, I was like, look, if I could make this connection with, you know, like, like Tiffany, then surely there's someone else who will, you know, bend their knees just enough to meet my gaze and lift my head up. Or maybe I can just hold my own head up, you know? And, and, and so I felt like as sad as I was, I was getting better. And then I, I get a, a, a text message um, and, and it's Tiffany. And she's like, can you meet me at the Student Union Building? And I text back, sure. And the walkover is not long. Like my dorm is not far from the sub at all but it felt long, it felt like, I I just didn't know what to think was gonna happen, you know, because it was like, we hadn't talked since, you know, Tuesday, and since she broke up with me, and it was Tuesday again, so it had been a full week since we had last talked. <laughs> and so I walked over, and at first I was walking over like real slow, because I was thinking, and then I started like, not, I'm, I'm not gonna run, but like, <sighs> I started like almost jogging because I was like, yeah, I, I, I need to get... But then I didn't want her to see me jogging and to look thirsty. So then I started walking extra slow. But then I was like, no, nah, that's too slow. She's going to think something wrong with me like I hurt myself. And so I brought it to a brisk pace. And I and I, I saw her and she she was in the same blue dress and and she smelled like cherry blossom, and she had her legs crossed, and she was twiddling her thumbs, and I, and I sat down next to her, and she was like, I, I, I. and as she was trying to find the words, I was like, it's about to go down you know we are about to get back together because she's noticed those two times i've been to the gym since last week when she <laughs> broke up with me and i'm looking sexy and she's trying to get back in the game with me you know what i mean like this is fire this is everything i ever wanted all right let's do this and she goes i i i just can't i just can't like do this anymore and and, and I, I i want you to know like you didn't do anything wrong or anything it's just that i feel like I can't, like I can't be with you or anything. And in my head, I'm like, what? Like, what do you, did I, not, did I not show her that I got the message? Like, I haven't talked to her in a week. Like, I get that if I kept hitting her up every day, she'd have another talk with me and sit me down and be like, hey, I meant it, we can't be together. But she's just like going on with the same speech from before, she's like, look, and you're like a nice guy. You know what, I take that back, you're not nice. You're kind and, and spending time with you has been really fun and and I just feel like it's kind of distracting from some of the things that I want to do. So I got to work on me right now and, and I still like you and I hope that... You know, you still like me. And now at this point, I've gone from like sad to angry because I'm like, clearly this is a prank. You know what I mean? Like clearly someone's in the bushes. They're laughing about it. This, this doesn't make any sense. And so and so I was like, what is happening? And she's like, I'm breaking up with you. And i like, I know. But I stormed off because I was so upset. What I didn't know was that the Tuesday before that, that she broke up with me, um, the next day she, she played lacrosse uh, with her friends. She's on like the lacrosse team at my school and everything. And she was running for um, uh, the, the ball, I guess, or a goal, and uh, she hit the goal post. Uh, and she hit the goal post so hard that she flipped. And uh, they had to rush her to the hospital. And she turns out that she was slightly concussed. Uh, like there was no brain damage, but she had hit her head, you know, pretty hard. And she had lost a lot of memories. She had lost pretty much all the memories up until right before she broke up with me. <laughs> so she forgot that she broke up with me. <laughs> and she called me to the Student Union building to break up with me again. And I'm not gonna lie, it kind of made me feel like good when I found it out, right? Because that meant that she put so much thought into the speech before she broke up with me that she got a concussion and still remembered it. You know what I mean? Like she hit her head so hard and still remembered to wear the blue dress that I liked to break up with me. And, and I, I was so embarrassed about this that I didn't tell anyone, and because I didn't tell anyone, I didn't find out for months after this that, that this is what had happened until I told one of my, my mutual friends with her that you know she like broke up with me twice and he was like, oh, that makes sense. She hit her head real hard. <laughs> And we hadn't talked since it happened, so then I, you know, kind of wanted to reach out to be like, hey, I'm sorry for the way I reacted, you just have to understand this is the second time that you <laughs> broke up with me. So I was feeling a little, but I, was, I didn't reach out because I was scared of getting broken up with a third time, you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: I studied abroad in London to do very intensive work for theater and acting and like talking right and walking right and like Shakespeare. And turns out I was more interested in like sex drugs and rock and roll, so (laughs) I had a great year. Uh, So during the last week of my year abroad, I went on a blind date with a guy named Alex. We met at a casino at midnight. (laughs) And he was amazing. He was so cute. He had like auburn hair that stuck straight up and a beard and like freckles. And he had these like dimples and he had this like super dopey, like country English accent. I don't think he ever said my name. He just said like, darling, darling, what are you drinking? Darling, what are you doing? So that's Alex. So we have this great night together. We get like super wasted, as you should on a first date. And we go to his apartment and just like fall asleep. It's like one of those, you know? Like <laughs> lights on, clothes on, like good night. <laughs> so we wake up and we watch Derry Springer and E-Crumpets. And it's like amazing, <laughs> it's like great time. Uh, but we both know that I'm like going back here to go back to school. In a couple days, so it's like, I had a nice time, Alex, but like, bye, you know? (laughs) So uh, a couple days later, still in England, still in London, I'm sitting on my stoop, having a cigarette. And like, before I see him, I can like hear him. And he's singing, uh, you know, that like New York, New York Frank Sinatra song? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, walking down. I look up. He's, like, and I've never seen someone stroll. I don't think. <laughs> but he was, like, strolling down the street and singing this song. And I was, like, okay. And he comes up to me as, like, proud as ever and, like, looks me right in the eyes and is, like, I'm going to come visit you for two weeks. And I'm staying with you. <laughs> And I knew this person for twelve hours, and I was like, "Bold move," <laughs> uh, but like, the book is like it's it's booked, and you're a good lay, so like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, come on through. So I go back to the states. I come here. I'm like still in school. So I'm at my like university apartment, right? And a couple days later, like, Alex joins me. And, darling, God, so he, like, comes to join me. He's incredibly sweet, and, like, the dimples totally help. And he, like, cooks me, like, three meals a day, and, like, the head game's so strong, and, like, all of it is, like, so good, right? So, thank you, right? That's all that matters. (laughs) this very, like, romantic kind of, like, staycation, and I'm like, okay, Alex, like, what's up, right? Um, And it's, like, spring, and we love to just, like, hang out and, like, drink and, like, smoke cigarettes and have, like, a jolly good time, which is, like, only fun for so long uh, until, like, he just starts drinking, like, earlier and, like, earlier during the day and, like, more and, like, is kind of, like, not a fun drunk and, like, is kind of mad and, like, kind of crabby, so I was, like, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> and this is not fun. You're a stranger as well. So, <laughs> like, a Saturday night comes through. My friend's having this huge party. All my friends are gonna be there. And he's like, I gotta come to this party and, like, meet all your friends. And I was like, okay, like, you can if you don't get, like, white girl wasted. I'm like, for sure you can come. And he was like, "Deal. Deal." And I was like, "All right, I'm going to go on some errands, and then I'm going to come get you, and we'll go to this party, and you're not going to be drunk." What do you think happened? <laughs> I come home and he's like super drunk. And he's like super wasted, and he's like waiting for me outside my apartment, being like, "Ready to go." And I'm like, "You're drunk, and I don't want you to come and like this is just like a bad luck." And he goes, "Well, I didn't want to come anyway cuz all your friends are sluts." <laughs> let that man go exactly (laughs) so I punched him in the face (laughs) and guess what that didn't like de-escalate the situation (laughs) so I go inside and I start like packing his bag I was like you gotta go homie like this is not what's happening here so I'm in the bedroom I'm like packing his suitcase throwing the clothes in and I can hear him in the kitchen like throwing open every like cupboard and drawer and like Dishes are flying. Like, silverware is flying. And, like, I hope you've never been in a situation where you've heard that sound because I hadn't prior of that. But, like, you just know, like, in your heart of hearts, like, that he's, like, looking for, like, a knife. It just, like, it just, like, really rubbed me. I was, like, this has gone to a different place, right? So I'm in my room. He's, like, looking for something. And he eventually comes in the bedroom and he has, like, a six-pack of, like, bottled beer. And I was, like okay, this is like harmless, this is fine. Uh, And he starts pulling them out and like launching them at my head. And it's like going through windows and it's breaking the mirrors and like I'm trying to dodge them and like he's bigger and he's stronger and he's faster and it's like all very spooky. Uh, So I kind of like run out to the living room and I just remember that my phone was on 1%. So I was like, always charge your phone. Just charge your phone. (laughs) Uh, So there's 1%, and I was like, all right, I got this one call. And if you've ever been in one of these kind of situations, like, your brain doesn't catch up to what's happening. Like, I didn't, like, register that I was, like, truly in danger somehow. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to call my best friend and, like, have her come over, and she's going to solve this. So I call her, and I was like, hey, I'm home, and something is happening. Like, can you please just come over and, like, help me? And she was like, it's really late. I'm really tired. I'm in bed. Is this an emergency? And in my head, it's just like, I didn't i didn't know it was an emergency. Like, you just don't, your brain doesn't catch up to, like, what's happening. So I was like, no, I guess not. Like, I'll just talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> and my phone dies. And I was like, this is an emergency. <laughs> like, I don't know why I didn't say it. Uh, so... Alex is in the bedroom still. I'm in the living room. He's being violent. I was like, I'm just going to go outside and, like, take a beat here. So I go outside. And I kind of go, like, this apartment was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, I couldn't just kind of, like, run next door kind of thing. So I was like, I hope someone just passes by and I can, like, ask for help. And then I hear the fire alarm go off from inside my apartment. And I was like... Uh, and then pretty soon there's a bunch of like ambulances and fire trucks and they all go inside and I'm like sitting on my sidewalk in front, just being like, what is this? And the next thing I know, Alex is like being like thrown to the pavement, like this far away from me. And he's being like thrown into handcuffs and like into a cop car. And I was like, great. (laughs) (laughs) And the police were like, can you come inside? We want to show you something. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. So we go inside, and there's, like, been a fire started in my room. And he was, like, this guy, like, started a fire on your bed of, like, very specific objects, and we should want to know, like, what's with these objects. And they were, like, all my favorite things, like, expensive things, and things that are, like, very personal to me. He just, like, got them all and put them on my bed and, like, started a fire. So I was, like, cool. So he's in jail, the fire's out, I like have half of the home left. And just kind of like after all this like settles, I was like, oh my God, like I don't think anyone knows that this person, Alex, A is in jail, but like B is in the United States of America. And it's like, he's not a good dude, but like, you just gotta like throw someone that bone of like, someone's gotta be looking out for him, right? For some reason, I had his dad's phone number in my phone, and I was like, I gotta make this call. So I like call it up. I mean like in England, it's probably like four in the morning, he answers, and I was like, hi, my name's Molly Margaret. You do not know me, uh, but like your son Alex came to visit me, he set my house on fire, and now he's in jail. And then there's this very, like, long silence. And I'll never forget this. He, like, let out this long sigh, and he was like, I'm not surprised. Like, I know it sounds funny, but, like, it was so sad. This dad was like, oh, yeah, of course, my kid's the kid to, like, burn down this chick's apartment. And he was like, I'm not surprised. Like, Alex is like, super troubled. He was like, what do you need? I'll do it. Like, here's a blank check, basically. Like, I will help you through and through. And I was like, one million dollars, please. <laughs> Uh, no. So we sorted that, and he was like, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me know. He's like, you do not have to do this, but I'm, like, begging you to just, like, go bail him out so he can, like, go home. And I was like, yeah. this is the definition of a conflict. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to pray on it. and like, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> so I prayed on it. And the next morning, I was like, yeah, I want to see this person leave forever, so I know he's gone, and he's, like, not here anymore. Uh, So I go pick him up at jail, and the people at the jail (laughs) were like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Because you're the one, like, uh, it was my problem, you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So we, uh, I bail him out, and I was like, I'm gonna take you to the airport, I'm gonna take you to the gate, I'm gonna see you on the plane, so I going just be like, hasta la vista, you know. It's very quiet the whole time, like the car is very quiet, the like, walk to the gate's very quiet. Uh, he feels embarrassed, he feels like sad, I'm feeling mad, I guess. And I remember he was like, let me buy you dinner at the airport. <sighs> I was like, <laughs> okay. so we ate chicken nuggets and had milkshakes in silence and it was just very sad and very strange I was like you burned down my house I'm like you're not a good dude Um, so I walk him to the gate I mean we have not talked this whole time he's like getting on the plane he stops he turns around he gets down on one knee diamond ring and he's like will you marry me And I said, no. (laughs)
3: make me stay i told you i told you seven ways i told you several ways not about to be in chains i told you i told you seven ways yeah I'm staying It's like I didn't say shit How else I'm gonna paint it While you're busy complaining Shaming I'm telling you plainly Maybe no maybes There is nothing left to say I told you I told you I'm gonna stay. I said it several ways, no need to be enchained. But I told you, I told you seven ways.
0: live performance by Bot of the song Morning Dance. And before that, you heard stories from Josh Johnson and Molly Margaret Johnson. Uh, Below me right now, you're hearing a version of the Tell theme song written by a fool. Um, But this one is by Alex Toth, who did it all himself, played all the instruments. Um, It was so amazing that he did some versions of the song, um, his special interpretation. Um, uh, So yeah, this This whole podcast is produced at Four Foot Studios in Brooklyn with Gabriel Galvin. And if you'd like to find out more about The Tell and come see it live, uh, go to thetellstories.com. This was The Tell, episode 18.
4: Oh, baby, I like your story. I still not understand what it means. my